Warning, Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Supernatural, The Crossroads. I'm your host, Thomas Cowley, and joined with me today is only Michael Flores. Hello. We are all being hit by the coronavirus, which is another way of saying somebody got drunk and didn't show up to the show today. Yeah. Uh, at least that's what I'm assuming, since I was legitimately sick. I may have been a, a quote, stretched, gaping asshole, but I was legitimately sick. And that's me uh, justifying things. Did that bother right you there. or something? Because like, that's the second time you brought it up. You brought it up during no, the pre-show. No, that was for the pre-show for Patreon listeners. Yeah. This is for everybody else. Yeah. I'm totally not hurt about it. Do you not like being a gaping asshole? I didn't cry myself to sleep that night. Okay. If you don't want to be a gaping (laughs) asshole, show up to shows. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Give me a a second. We have an audio problem. Yeah, this happens. Hold on. Still there. Hello, hello. Yeah, see, this happens. Whenever we're away for a while. It's like it goes into hibernation. Yeah, everything. It's like when you don't use your penis for a while, you got to flick it a couple times. <laughs> it's kind of studios like that. We've been on winter break, so the equipment have just sat here. It hasn't been touched in a while, so yeah. it, it made a whoopsie. That's yeah. what it is. All right. So now that we've gotten all that uh, out of our system, we're here to talk about season 15, episode 10, The Hero's Journey. Ten episodes, man. Yeah. Halfway mark. Officially halfway through the season. The final season. Final countdown. Ten left. It's it's so weird to say that. And to actually think that's not a lie or a joke or a second. Oh, you know, next year. It's it's sadly the last ten. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Andrew Dabb wrote this episode delivering... What at face value is is a rather pointless, and we'll get into it because for some moments I think it legitimately was. But overall, this episode also set a new set of parameters, ground rules, working problems that the Winchesters are going to have to navigate. And uh, they've got their own version of having to get their groove back in many ways. And we got some answers to really after the mid-season premiere, what's next for them? And apparently, Sam and Dean's countless lives, their their countless narrow escapes from, you know, defeat, snatching victory at the last moment, all these things, do-overs. Extra lives. Has been due to Chuck in some way, or at least that's what we are currently led to believe, that they are souped-up superhero versions of regular people because they are the heroes of Chuck's story. Something that now doesn't apply to them for the first time ever. And that's a very different dynamic than what we're used to and obviously than what they're used to. Very different, but also I feel like it's it it makes a lot of sense because if Chuck has been giving them lives continually, bringing them back to life and helping them out, I mean, why wouldn't he soup them up? If they're the heroes of his story, would they sweat the small stuff? Well, I mean, it's it's one of the jokes we've talked about amongst the community for a long time is that, you know, how many concussions can Sam and Dean, especially Sam, right. take and not have serious brain damage? And this is kind of one of those episodes that actually confronts that question in a in a way that both fits the story that they're setting up and also fits the meta narrative of the show as a whole, which is challenging to pull that off yeah absolutely 
Uh, we had a very potential, what might likely be a final appearance and a goodbye to one of Supernatural's longest running guest spots, which is Garth. Uh, and it, in a way that felt right, in a way that felt like it did justice to the character. It was a nice send off because the way they contrasted, you know, where Sam and Dean are at yeah. mentally and emotionally. And then it's such a, a stark contrast because then you see Garth who's, who has a Got family shit and he completely has his shit together and is living, you know, for a lack of better wording, his best life, literally. Yeah. And to see them send him off that way, if this is in fact the last time we see Garth, I, I'm happy with that. That was a really good end to his story. Yeah, it worked. He and went out like a hunter without having to die. He did his final little act. Yeah. And it, it worked. Yeah. So that was a nice little moment. And we also got uh, Dean Winchester apparently knows how to tap dance. Oh, yeah. Very sexy. For, for some reason. He was tapping. He was tap tapping. He can move pretty good. I mean, I don't think he's ready to join the Cotton Club just yet, but he he definitely has got got some moves with the tap dancing. How many people wanted to be that light pole, that lamp? I did. <laughs> and I'm not even gay. Like you can hold me and tap around the room. Yeah, that that definitely uh, came from a couple of dreams. I'm sure you can give me a little tap 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 in the midsection if you know what I mean, Dean. A little bit lower. No, uh, it had a lot of. It's different... not too low for me. So oh, it's a little high. You know, <laughs> a lot of depth and the whole thing. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> now this episode had a lot of different things happening. A lot of funny, silly things happening. Um, it was fun. How much of it worked and did not work? Well, we're going to get into here in a minute. So you, you said at the top of the show that there are some pointless moments. Yeah. And those are the fun moments. There were some fun moments. And if this was, I wouldn't even say fun, downright, just cartoony. Yeah. Three stooge type mentality. And if this was our final episode like that, oh, I, this is our living. final fun, happy episode, I guess. I'm okay with that because it wasn't oh, ends final up not fun one. Yeah. yeah, final fun episode. Like, and then it's time to just get morose down. and depressed. I'm I'm okay with that because I felt like it was uh, a good bridge episode to get us to where we need to be for the second half. Yeah, it's it's some things I think worked better than others. Absolutely, yeah. So this one was written by Andrew Dabb, directed by John F. Showalter, with the synopsis saying, while trying to help Garth, Sam and Dean realize that Chuck has downgraded them, making normal mundane things in their lives more difficult. Now, it's no struggle, or it's no secret that Andrew Dabb has struggled as a showrunner and as a writer during the last four seasons. We've made no qualms about that. The fandom is very obviously in tune to that fact at this point. But this episode might be what is his best abilities coming to the surface. Yeah. It might be his best kind of work for what he does arguably the best. Yeah, because although it felt a little wobbly at times, because the episode wasn't perfect, there were some moments where I'm like kind of cringed, but Overall, yeah. I feel like this might be his best attempt at writing during his his four year run as a showrunner. Now, there might be one other. It's not like it's the best written episode by any means. But no. when you look at Andrew Dabb's history, he's got things like Hunter Heroicai, uh, you know, what is it? Season seven time for a wedding, mm-hmm. a most holy man. Stranger in a Strange Land, Lebanon, over the last couple of years. There's a lot of things that are silly. He he has a knack or a or a interest for humor, goofy, the sillier episodes. I mean, the very first one the man was ever a part of was Yellow Fever. Yeah. That should have kind of given us an idea of what he's going to be the most comfortable with. And while some people might scoff at that statement... This episode did utilize that in perhaps the best way it could have, delivering something that really was a question on a lot of people's minds and how do we 
Because after last episode, we've reset the board essentially yet again. Mm-hmm. So how do you have them now that Chuck's got his mojo back and the the spell didn't work? What does that mean for them? As Dean said in the last episode, you're not going to kill us. And now we're kind of seeing the fallout or what is expected to come when they fall literally out of the graces of God. Yeah. So the actual meat of this episode is very light, but the relevance is actually kind of smart. If you're going to play with this meta aspect, if Chuck is this like quote, bad writer that Lilith makes fun of and other characters make fun of. And, you know, even Becky gives him shit for what kind of ending is that, you know, playing into the fact that, Chuck metaphorically takes his ball and goes home. Yeah. And the Winchesters are now dealing with colds and cavities and, and bowel movements for the lack of a better term actually kind of works in a way I wouldn't expect. And really it's an idea that has been waiting to bubble to the surface since we found out that Chuck is the bad guy. Right. When you really think about it, that's the only way you could do that because Sam and Dean are the heroes of the story. So how do you not have them? I mean, we've all asked these questions. Why don't they ever have? I mean, I honestly, I myself was wondering, how do they pay for shit? And then here they're like, oh, yeah, that card that Charlie hacked for us. I'm like, oh, I I didn't bat an eye once they said that. But for a long time, I was wondering, how do they go to the grocery store and not have like debt collectors on their ass all the time? Yeah. Heroes. Don't sweat the small stuff. I mean, that works. It's fucking stupid. And it's a cop out. I think that's the biggest Dude, thing is it's fucking stupid, well, I, but it works. I'm watching the episode and I'm like, no, that's dumb. But then I'm like, it works. Why does it work? You know, now to say that Sam and Dean are good at what they do only because God views them as the heroes of the story. But once again, This goes right back to what we've been saying since the season finale of last season. This does, in fact, disrupt the legitimacy of their legacy and undermines Mm -hmm. the importance of previous seasons. But as we've said, we are here. So how do we deal with it moving forward? This is the story. This is the direction Dab's going. Chuck is the villain, whether we like it or not. The, The decision has been made. The Winchesters are essentially for the past 15 seasons are nothing more than rats in a maze. So how do you put the power back in their hands? You truly strip them of everything that has protected them. And it's reasonable to assume that if Chuck had prevented them from dying numerous times, that he also makes sure that they have that advantage over the immediate obstacle or villain so this idea does work with with what we know of the show because we need to bring the legitimacy and the power back to sam and dean because if we didn't have this episode it does look like they don't do anything the fact that that chuck is manipulating them since the beginning of Mm -hmm. their birth their life They've never made a decision. So how do you tell the audience? How do you convey to the audience that this is finally going to be them? How do we, how do they know as characters that they won one because they actually won one rather than were given a win by an all powerful deity. Right. And this is dab actually using his brain and working really hard. Steam's coming out of his ears (laughs) and he's thinking, how am I going to convey this to the audience and also allow it to work in a way that our characters understand that these are now decisions they're making? Well, let me strip everything from them. Let me use the the example of the hero's journey. Let me have Garth sit down and explain to them about sweating the small stuff and how now this is all catching up. Suddenly now we have Sam and Dean moving forward. Hopefully we have two characters who now have their fate in their hands and they have to do everything on their own. They had to make this statement because of everything they've done since the season finale of last season. They had to make this statement. They had to draw that line in the sand. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah, they, they did because that is, I think the best part or the smartest aspect about that's the smartest aspect of this dumb idea. 
<laughs> right. It's, it's probably the best way to say it. Because isn't that what we've been complaining about? And I know we've had discussions back and forth with some of our listeners about free will and whether or not they've mm-hmm. had it. But this is essentially Dab confirming what we've been saying, that they haven't had free will, that everything they've been doing is under his control. Even their ability to hunt and be superstars is because of him. Yeah. And and I have my issues with that, and we'll get yeah. into that a bit later. We'll talk about that later yeah. towards the end of the show. But going with what Dab has laid out, whether we like the story and the direction he has set up, it's here. And now that it is here, this is probably the best thing that he could have done in this episode for our characters and our show moving forward. Well, because it does make it very obvious that there is no more advantages. There is no more literal act of gods. There is no more. They were my favorite characters. So they get away with it kind of thing. Right. And, and he does flat out state that in this episode as well. Yeah. The shapeshifter, the baddie of this episode essentially talked to the audience, broke the fourth wall and was himself was Chuck talking to us, the writer of the story saying, you know, sure. I could have killed you, but I want to see you at your best. I want to see what the Winchesters are capable of stripped down, closed in just you against the world together. I don't want to break up. I don't want to break you up. That right there is him literally saying to all of us, there is no more advantages. There is no more toys and gimmicks. Anything from this moment on is going to be 100% of their own doing. And see, I liked it. And I know you can probably say it's a little shellacky and. Oh, it is. And, I'd say it is. But yes, but it does work just because of the nature of the show. We've had those questions pertaining to why doesn't Chuck just snap them out of existence. I mean, come on, you're, you're over it, right? Chuck, like they're not listening to you any longer. Um, but this is a, this is something his own sheer stubbornness. Now he's, I want to see you at your best stripped of everything stripped down and closed in. That's powerful. And it does bridge over to the second half of the season and what we're going to be seeing. And that's the thing is that it, it could work. It's just, it feels how they got there is almost there was no other way to get there. I, right. Does and that makes sense. And that's why I've said, Hey, we're here and yeah. now we have to deal with it. We don't agree. We've said it. We don't agree yeah. with what dab has done with the story and, and where he's taken us. But now we're here. And now what we can do is break it down and highlight it for the audience, the listeners as to why he's doing it and what he's doing and whether or not it works. With what he had set up and in this scenario, in this specific situation, in this episode, it does work for what he's doing. Well, it it has to work in in some way. It works because it's like you said, it's setting up for the rest of this season. It's a statement about where what is about to come next. Like you said, this is where we are, whether we agree with it or not. This is where we are. We, We bought a ticket. We're on the ship. It has already left. Port, and this is the journey we are on. We're on a one-way trip to Titanic. What? Yeah, <laughs> there's an iceberg. What? There might be some survivors. There might not be. But where's the hot nude girl in the car that I can paint? <laughs> that's that's what I'm trying to look for. That's what your ultimate mm-hmm. goal is. Okay. No, in it, this scenario, it's Jody. Oh, is that appropriate? Inappropriate? I, I think that's fine. Okay, she's plenty of age. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Jody. It is that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Sam and Dean stripped of any kind of godly protections and it, it did need to be no condom. It didn't need, whoa, going bareback. Yeah. It didn't need to necessarily be said, but it did need to be established moving forward because we've been dancing around this issue of free will for a little bit. How do you fight God? Do we even have a chance? Everything we do is controlled. Dean's statement about being rats in a maze now that they're no longer the key characters in the story that they have to deal with indigestion and other fucking problems, <laughs> it, it does put a 
Much like in season seven, when they took away Bobby's house and all their means of combating the Leviathans and Castiel was gone, it stripped them of a lot of things. It felt like they left Toontown. Did you ever see uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? You remember when everyone yeah. goes into Toontown, they're able to do all types of crazy things. And yeah. once they leave Toontown and come into the real world, there's hell to pay. You can't, you know, pull a hammer out and knock people out. It's not going right. to work. Well, you, you can. You can't Those run dead. You can't run sideways on a ceiling with fast shoes. No, you can't do it. And they and they drew that line in the sand with this episode. But it all it it, it not only changes the way we look at their abilities and how they've tackled problems, but it really does put a new emphasis on anything that they do at this point matters all the more because it is them who will be doing it. There is no more crutch or handicap, I guess is one way to say it. Now there needed to be a distinction made. There needed to be a line, the sand drawn on this side, Sam and Dean are being controlled and manipulated by their every move on this side. They're completely alone. They have nothing. There's no more God magic assisting them in any way. And now we understand the stakes. And hopefully how much of what Sam and Dean really do now matters more than ever. Right. And in order to make that distinction, or I I should say, because he made this distinction, I feel like we now have a more clearer picture of how much control Sam and Dean truly have. So the question, though, then is, do you think that this entire idea, do you think it worked or, or what are the advantages? What are the disadvantages to setting this up in your eyes? Cause I know wow. we have a little bit of a difference of opinion on this episode. Um, Cause to uh, me on paper, reading this script, it works. And I'm very torn as a viewer and fan of supernatural and what I would want to happen. And what we're getting and taking my fan wants out of it for a moment and looking at it sheer academically, it works. It does. As a fan, it irks me a little bit because I want salmon to be, I want salmon to bean. Jesus, who's salmon bean? <laughs> I want salmon Dean. It's Sam and Eileen eating beans. <laughs> I want Sam and Dean to be powerful. I want I want them to be awesome and cool. I don't want to think that they're just inept fools. Mm-hmm. The three stooges, Castiel, Dean, and Sam. And that's kind of what they were stripped down to be. Yeah. See, because here's the thing for me. On paper, does it work? Yes. But I feel like a teacher grading a, a elementary school science report. You have a red pen over there? Yeah. Is the whole paper the, the red? Project was, the project was, why can't humans breathe underwater? And like someone like Kripke or Carver goes into this whole researched analysis as to why human lungs and air trans, transference doesn't work the same way. Right. And Dab with this episode wrote, because they're not fish. Technically... Technically, yes, that's correct, but for fuck's sake, I needed more than that at the same time. You're not wrong. They are not fish. Well done, but... He's the Ryan. You know, he answers the question in a simple way that cannot be wrong, but it's also not the answer we were looking for. And I think that's where... I'm coming from. So from like a subjective perspective, I don't care for it. Objectively, it works, but it, but, but it goes but put in a little bit more. It goes, it can be filed as a fan. It can be filed away with the rest of the dab decisions that as a fan, I'm like, right. I don't understand you, bro. I don't know what you're doing, but academically on paper and where we're at now with the show, it works just fine. And, you know, some of the interwebs have also voiced a few complaints about Sam and Dean apparently seeming, seemingly being being inept, that it makes them essentially fools. But surprisingly, surprisingly, Thomas, there's there's a first time for everything. I 
can defend Dab on this one. Okay. Okay. I don't think they were meant to be fools. I think the idea was that it was hitting them all at once. Their bad luck. Normalcy is catching up. Dean 17 cavities, Sam getting sick and being clumsy. <sighs> Dean not able to eat like a cartoon character any longer. Right. The Impala needed repairs. So I don't think on an average day they suck so bad, but everything was hitting them all at once. It was catching See, up. I, I will kind of agree. I will half agree with you. All 75% agree with you because I do think that you are right. That some of that is normalcy of life catching up to you. The things like the cavities I laughed at because I'm like, Oh, that yeah. Dean, you, you eat like shit. Yeah. And I was sat there even before he said it, like he's never gone to the dentist. And then he asks Dean that and he's like, I don't know, never. Yeah. So things like that I was okay with. Sam being clumsy and, and tripping over the can, it, trying to be stealthy, things like that I was fine with. It's when they got to the fighting that they were just, or like the lock picking, where it's one thing to have life catch up to you. I, know, I was laughing. I was laughing, <sighs> man. I thought it was fucking funny, but I get your point. It was one thing for life to catch up to them the way it does for all the rest of us supporting characters, as Garth said. Right. It's another thing for skills that they've acquired, especially when I look at this juxtaposed to the John Wick kick-ass fight scene that we had in episode four, where he's destroying an entire legion of demons. And then here he does this, like jumps in front of the guy, like, ha ha slap, 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 slap punch in the chest. Right. Come on. Like, that's where that went a little bit too far for me. And that's why I, I don't think they are just buffoons. Because if there's other hunters out there that are capable of taking on a vamp, taking on werewolves, and, and they manage just fine, then Sam and Dean should be no different. That's why I'm just saying I think their bad luck and being normal was just catching up. And I believed, I mean, isn't, I mean, that's, Essentially what they were saying with the 17 cavities well, the and thing, then that, having Garth say, hey, you better go get a colonoscopy, you know, stat. I, and then because again, all these things are just catching up with them. I agreed with it up until the fight scene in the parking lot, basically. That, that was the only moment that, that bothered me a bit. That was funnier, but it, it, it bothered doesn't me a fit, bit. I think. It bothered me just a bit because I hate seeing that they just can't fight a, a, like, a vamp. Like Sam can't throw a punch all of a sudden? Come on. I was laughing, though. I will say it was funny. And that's why I hate myself. You should. This week. You should. Because, dude, I was literally ear to ear the entire time watching the episode. It was fucking funny. Dab knows how sometimes to make humorous episodes. And that's why, you know, he should stick to these types well, of Well, everybody, you know, not everyone laughs at fart jokes, but no. some people well, think they're the height of comedy. <laughs> Ryan. And the people that listen to this podcast. And the people that listen to this podcast. <laughs> So uh, I don't disagree. I, I, you and yeah. I are on the same page. I disagree. I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, I do. I do give Dab a bit of leeway with this episode because of how he set it up. But that can change next week if suddenly they're still buffoons and there's no explanation as to why other than the fact that God's no longer helping them. Then that kind of bothers me because then you've mm -hmm. undermined and marginalized Sam and Dean to the point to where they're just they're invalids. They're, they're not capable yeah. of doing anything. And that's where the problem is currently for me. What did work or what I think could work from this more than anything is that this might be a turning point yeah. for them. Because if they no longer have the, you know, this anything proof shield from bestowed by God himself, is this where we now start to really face more serious consequences now that they don't have that shield. Does, does death itself have more of a consequence? Is this where their friends are going to start wow. paying the cost more seriously for their actions? You know, d before this, it always felt like, Oh, anybody who dies can kind of be brought back or death is kind of a revolving door at this point, there's no real threat to them, but by even this season, we've complained about it. Even this season we have look at Rowena, you know, yeah. one of the ones that we liked a lot, but well, it was immediately turned around. Ro, uh, Eileen, Kevin. Uh, yeah. And, and we had said that 
you know, Dab had voiced the thought that I believe during Helatus, he had mentioned that death will matter more than ever. And we were sitting here, you know, waiting for that, you know, that doom and gloom. Right. And yet all we saw for the opening 10 episodes were people coming back to life with little issue. Yes. So maybe this is that moment, as you were saying, maybe this is the turning point, Thomas, (laughs) where, hey, you know what? I just stripped them of all their God magic. They have no assistance. Now, suddenly, even the recurring guest stars of this story are going to start having to face some consequences now that they don't have this assistance. Yeah. And that's the biggest, I say, I I would think advantage. That's the takeaway, I think, of the episode. I think that's why I was calling this episode a bit of a bridge. You know, it is moving us into the final half of the season and setting up the final bits of what will probably be the bigger part of of the finale. Yeah. And so ultimately it it could work. It's really going to depend on how smart and careful they are with this or, you know, with Garth's statement at the end of the episode, are we just going to undo this as well? Uh, Stacy in our video chat says, so there's like a learning curve when you are adjusting to be downgraded from hero status. She puts a little question mark. Sam and Dean were still operating under the old rules and just hadn't adjusted to the new rules. I, I can see That's that possible. too. Yeah. That actually is a pretty good way to look at it as well. Yeah. I mean, when any, when anybody, when you lose an arm, it takes some time for you to get used to losing that appendix, Jesus. right? Well, I was going more with, you know, when people were popular or some sort of social fall from grace and people don't do things for you anymore because you're no longer the golden boy. Or When you lose one of your balls, oh. it takes time for the other testicle to do all the work. <laughs> right? Sure. Yeah, that works as well. Right. Yeah. So that is a fair point. And this, like you said earlier, could... <laughs> Not the ball thing. Oh, oh. No, Stacy has a fair point, and that could be kind of piggybacking off what you said, where it was all kind of catching up at this point. So we'll have to kind of wait and see. Because to me, if it does end up being something that's newly established, that might work in their benefit. But if it is something yeah. like what Garth said, oh, there's a place you can go to undo this week's problem, that's where I'm going to get a little short shorter fuse at that point because go go ahead go further if you just reset the problems we've had like five different problems and characters and threats okay it's in this kind of a discussion for our quarterly review more than anything else but between belfagor ardat all of hell being unleashed uh rowena michael being crazy here's a spell for god he's weak no he's not whatever hopelessness Different things have changed almost week to week as to where we're moving. If this falls into that same category and just becomes another thing that they can fix without much issue or hindrance, that's going to take away from what goodwill this has earned from a writing standpoint. Yes. However, the flip side of that counter argument. Garth had said that. There's always a catch. True. So if this catch is that catch comes back. So stupid. (laughs) If there's a catch, then. Then I'm okay with it as well, because then it goes right into that classic archetype of supernatural where for every solution. It's another problem. Right. And that goes all the way back to like season fuck season two. Yeah. Yeah. So that could work. And that's standard supernatural. Right. So I'm okay with that. But this catch has to be a bit of an obstacle as well. It can't be like, all right, we found the place in Alaska. Now we got our luck back. Yeah, it can't now be that easy. Now we're superstars again. I'm going to go eat more grilled cheese. Because then we just have Sam and Dean again. And what was yes, the point? The, the point was to create that distinction, as we had said. And Yes, in a dab lazy way that would work, even if it was given back to them in the next episode by way of a, a gimmick or of uh, a MacGuffin, if you will, which that's what this is essentially right now at the moment at yeah. this moment. 
it would still work in a very dab type of way, but it would piss me off because I'm like, well, you you used it to create that distinction between free will and and Chuck's manipulation. Right. But at the same time now it's like, okay, and that's the end of it. There's got to be a way that you craft that catch that they're talking about. It has to be crafted and innervated into the very fabric of every single episode moving forward. Otherwise this whole moment in the episode and them losing Chuck's assistance really doesn't matter. It doesn't really. It doesn't amount to anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's as simple as that. It doesn't amount to anything other than the distinction. Right. And we probably could have done that in other ways. Right. Because again, yes, you're not wrong. Right. But I wanted more. So, yeah. Now, I think probably for everybody. must have been an amazing student. Excuse your fish. It's is good, man. It's for fantastic, man. (laughs) He's trying to spin that one. It's for fantastic. Also, fat ass. Oh, Jesus. My teacher called me a fat ass. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, I think the thing that we can all agree on, though, that was probably the biggest strength of the episode was, I'd say, Garth. For me, he was. I mean, I loved it, dude. It was a. He was very effective in his role. He was great as a supporting character. He was very much himself. The the character we've grown to love and we we've known since. Wow, shit! Season seven. Season seven. Damn, season seven. Yeah, you know it. It felt like a good way to have him like we've said before supporting characters should be there to support our main characters be a mirror or a foil to what they're going through and seeing Garth happy seeing his life content complete as you said for all intents and purposes leave, living his best life yeah really was a nice juxtaposition to the current shitstorm that Sam and Dean are living through and they're taking very unexpected routes when it comes to or making unexpected decisions when it comes to some of our characters as i said on the last discussion that you weren't here for i feel like the easy route for that episode to help or to make sam lose hope would be to kill eileen right that would have been the easy route i agreed with that and the same thing here the easy route would be like all right see you later garth you're dead yeah but instead they decide to use it to as a contrast you know and it was much better that doing that and sending off one of our characters in a happy way rather than a bloody, a bloody sad way. And it would have been awful, man, with the, him having the kids and the wife. I, I would have been like, what the fuck? But then I also might have respected Dab too, a little though. bit. Yeah. I was like, damn, Dab, you, you weren't there. fucking around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked it for being happy. I probably would have the sadist that is me and the ma- sadist and masochist. Would have liked it had it been that dark, sad ending. That would have been, holy fuck, season 15 material, but. Yeah, I think this is like the last stop of peacefulness. I think that was another reason why, like, hey. He gets a a happy ending, maybe. Yes, I think from here on out, it's going to be fucking bloody. Yeah, and I think the last episode with Jody and Bobby being alluded to, that they will go down swinging as well. Yeah. You're probably right. Garth might be the last one who gets a happy ending in this story. Yeah. Um, and it, it, for anybody to get it, sure, why not him? Having kids, having that white picket fence idealistic life. It was nice to see. It was a, a genuine moment. And, you know, for a, a very serious, most likely series rap for Garth, it was nice. And it was nice seeing him go out as a hunter, as a uh, winner, as a serious contender, somebody who felt like an ally, not just a goofball right. to them. It was nice that he had the C4, that he uh, yeah. took out the vampire, that he planned all this stuff. He's like, you know, I, didn't, I called you and you didn't answer, so I figured you were fucked. <laughs> like, yeah. It all worked. I liked that a lot. I also liked like a little bit of icing on the cake for Garth's departure, his clo- the closure mm-hmm. on Garth's story was that they ended his story the way he kind of came in, kind of fulfilling that Bobby Singer role. Yeah. Giving him that little bit of info. The hunter boss 
headquarter information. Well, there's a place I heard once out in Alaska. I was like, that's one last time, one last time he yeah. gave him some information. Cause that's how he entered into the equation. If you remember back in season seven, yeah, he was the, uh, what the, the Bobby, because the, Bobby the died. Pseudo Bobby for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. It worked. It. it probably was my favorite part of the episode. Honestly, the end with dealing with Garth. Yeah. I think everything and how, what they were doing with him and the, and his character. I thought, I think that's the, my favorite as a fan, my personal favorite parts. Personally. Yeah, I right. liked, well, I liked it because it was very reminiscent, a nice bookend to how he came onto the show and how he's theoretically leaving the show as that hunter lifestyle that he got out. It was respectful of the character. It That's showed, a good way to put it. Yeah, it actually showed that Dab cared about this character. Yeah, because <laughs> sometimes you think maybe Dab doesn't care about certain characters, but right. you can tell he actually cared about how he was going to close this one out, and it worked. And I did like the the bit of old school supernatural. You know, rumor has it that yeah. on the road between Barrow and Kotzebue, I love that part. I liked that too, and. Not only because I had actually just listened to an audiobook that talked about Kotzebue. It was a supernatural, uh, you know, unsolved mystery kind of thing. So I was like, oh, that's oh, even so it's creepier. A thing. It's a thing? Kotzebue has some stuff. Uh, some lore? Some lore, local legend really? kind of thing to it. Not so much that I can speak of about luck, but people who live in the woods. Forest people, essentially, and all kinds of other things that go bump in the night. That's terrifying. As it should be. So for me, that was a nice little bit of, once again, they've done their research. Once again, there's this little bit of this mysticism in real world American stories told around the campfire that made that feel all the more real. Yeah. Special. Mm-hmm. You know, and like they said, there's there's probably a catch. So that can't go well. And I am interested in that because not only is there that, there's a story of a basically this other race of pygmy people that lived out in the woods hundreds of years ago that kind of excluded themselves from society Wait, in that same location near Kotzebue. Yeah. Oh, and this guy did this whole research in this audiobook. I'll send it to you later. Okay. It's, it's definitely creepy. It's definitely cool. But also according to the supernatural wiki, there are no roads between Barrow and Kotzebue. The only way to travel up in that area is actually through airplane little jumper planes from place to place and borrow is actually also the setting for that horror comic 30 days of night in which the vampires descend upon the town during a month-long darkness so there's a lot of stuff set up for this that could be really interesting that could be very you know if you're going to do monster of the week this is the kind of stuff that i'd like to see yeah absolutely you know dark they're going here for a certain reason, but there are great consequences to this power that they're trying to obtain. These are the kind of things that could go very, very well for a final season. Yeah. Now, everybody, remember, if you want to get more Crossroads, you can get that with the Crossroads video cast here. Be pl- just pledge $10 a month to gain access to all the Crossroads premium library with thousands of hours of additional reviews, discussions, breakdowns, and more. That includes our pre-shows, our post-show leading up to the upcoming episode of the video cast here, bonus discussions, all these things that we talk about. So if you're interested in that, head on over to patreon.com slash Rainman Digital to pledge. Now, you, we talked about it a bit earlier. This episode kind of was pretty light on actual meat substance. It was kind of like a Pringle. It, it was delicious in some ways and also made me feel shamed afterwards and very quickly i was like what happened why am why are they all gone it was an easy episode it was it was a very easy episode but it was very but it was relevant at the same time i I don't think i've quite seen an episode like this before at least not in a long time because it's very light very simple but but does a lot to move things forward that's why the only way I could describe it is it's it's a bridge. You know, it doesn't yeah. even feel cut quite complete either. Like the whole monster thing felt a little quick and over with. Yeah, like okay, we Dirty, had this whole monster situation. They were f- Jamaica like, Jim. That, <laughs> that fucking name, dude. Yeah. I, I don't know. The like, whitest guy too. You had this whole 
underground like fighting ring and it's like done. Uh-huh. So I mean it served its point. I, I'm 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 assuming. So uh, Yeah. Yeah. It was it was definitely a, a little bit different. And I think so do we want to get into this discussion first before Let, our final do, thoughts? Or do you do want to do final, final thoughts? thoughts? Yeah, let's do final thoughts. And then I think we have time to get into HR zone. So yeah. comments. So, well, what Mike, give me your final thoughts on this one. I need a minute. Oh, come on. Yeah. Where's Ryan? I'm doing that. Uh, he, he loved it. It was great. 10 out of 10. Um, I did like the episode. Actually quite a bit. And. there's not really much more to say because it's, (laughs) it's very strange because I feel like I shouldn't like it. Right. But it did exactly what, where we're at right now. Season 15, final season, episode 10. We needed to do something like this. We have been, as I said, we've been talking about it. The whole idea of free will, there needed to be a distinction. They need to draw a line in the sand. They did it. And even though as a fan, as I said, there's many things I would have wanted, I would have preferred to happen throughout the entire, you know, the season, last season, the season before. Uh, but again, looking at this sheerly as a, as a, an objective viewer, as a critic of sorts, um, it's fine. It works for the story that Dab is telling. I'm going to give it an 80 percent. An 80 percent. It's not a bad episode. There's even there's some smart moments as well. <laughs> Like I, I dug the part where uh, well, Dab is a little self-deprecating. I think we can. Mm-hmm. I think it was confirmed in this episode. Okay, okay because Dab was Cuddy. He was the shapeshifter organizer of the underground fighting ring. Mm-hmm. He was talking. He was breaking the fourth wall. He was an ugly, bald guy, according to Dean. I mean, I'm not saying Dab's bald, but he's talking through that character. That was a breaking the fourth wall moment. Which is typically around these types of seasons when the showrunners do those types of things on Supernatural. They break the fourth wall, they get a little more meta. And then he had the whole line about stripping you down, leaving you without anything. I want to see the best, what you're capable of doing. It's all purposeful. It's all intentional. There's a bit of smarts there. And yes, it was clunky, but that's dab. (laughs) Do you get what I'm saying? And I think he's aware of it. I think he's aware. I don't think he was aware at the beginning of season 12. Wait, when did he take over? (laughs) Yeah, 12. I don't think he was aware, but I think he is now. And that's why him and his writers kind of leaning into it. They were doing it early in the season as well. And now here we are again. Yeah. So. All right. So an 80. I'm going to get, let me, let me 78. 78. 78. <laughs> because there are issues I have with the, I feel like everything wrapped up really fast. Yeah. And I may retrospectively go back and rate this at a 50. If Sam and Dean are truly inept mm-hmm. and they're buffoons and it's not the idea of it all of this no luck over the last however many years they've been on this planet is catching up with them and they're just stupid and they're not capable of doing anything, then I'm going to retrospectively go back and turn this into like a 47 or 50. Because right. why would you do that to Sam and Dean? Right. I think that's kind of where I'm coming from, though, because while some of the things could work, again, using that comparison, it's like, yes, that's because humans aren't fish is technically why they can't breathe underwater. Yeah but that's not good enough to get an A on this assignment to me. And my bigger thing is when I look at this overall, what did this do? This worked in the sense that it sets our characters back to zero, but it's a very, very clunky meta clumsy way in which to do it. Yeah. And right now I have no reason to believe anything other than they really are that inept. <laughs> You're not wrong either. And, I mean, and what Dab else has, do we have? Dab has not shown a track record of me believing this is for a reason. This isn't as simple as it seems. We've gone into hours of speculation as to who uh, Abraxas was and all these cool things that we Dab. thought were going to be deeper and, and more involved in higher functioning lore. And 
when I look at this season so far, it's here's a spell by Michael to stop God. Very next episode. Never mind this episode. You guys aren't special anymore. So for me, next episode could easily be now you are again. And if while I can't, I might go back and make this one better if it pans out well. So you, you pretty much think the same way I am about this episode. Oh, you're thinking your thoughts. There we go. I can't speak. I'm dab. <laughs> your thoughts are pretty much the same as mine, except you're looking at it from a from different a, perspective. I, you're looking at it from a, what could this mean? Yeah. And I'm looking at it from what has it meant before? Right. You're looking at the writer's report. I'm looking at your report card. Yeah. And I got to say, <laughs> I need to talk to your parents after class. See me. Well, you know, I think my point is, Thomas, is that they have to commit. And I and I think I said that last episode. The, my biggest problem with Dab is they're just the, and he, here's he's the thing, not though. committing. So if he uses the things uh-huh. he set up in this episode and he commits. Then this episode is just and I'd fine. give you that, Mike, if Lilith ended up mattering. If the wound yeah. ended up mattering, yep. if Michael's return ends up mattering, yep. if Belphegor and Ardat ended up mattering, and right now, a track record, I can't give you more than a D. You're getting a 60 on this one. Yeah, you're not wrong. Now, I'd love to go back and change this. We'll see. I really, again, hope that's the case. But for me yeah. right now, this one, it works. I'm excited to see where we go with it. But I, I just don't have that faith right now. Right. It did make me laugh. Uh, and it, I'll give it that. And Garth was great. But overall, that's what that's where I sit right now. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So last week, was it last week? Yep. Last week, we I was absent, but you guys talked about uh, where we were going with the plan, essentially, for Chuck and... H, uh, HR Zone had a statement for us that we talked about a little bit off air through other conversations, but he said, great to have you all back. I agree on a lot of what you two were saying, except for purgatory. I relate it back to season five. The first half was all about how do we stop Lucifer for episodes? They made deals. They lost Joe and Ellen Cass lost his powers all for the cult to not work. They felt hopeless when Chuck crushed the fruit. They were hopeless uh, now TFW have to start all over again with a new plan, just like they did when the with the rings in season five. I don't know what the new plan is, but to me, the first half was about taking away hope to build it up again. I put great point. I could totally see that season five angle. I was actually thinking the same thing when I put together the notes. However, for me, it feels different because Kripke had not developed the bad writing habits that Dab has created over the last four seasons or so this kind of just feels like dab being dab again still looking for a story to tell and not fully committing perhaps if we had not been here before during dab's run i would look at it differently um and the thing about the cult is the reason why i don't agree with that and the reason why i ended up not including it into my my show notes Mm -hmm. last week thomas was because the cult was something that was introduced during season one yeah. It wasn't introduced season five, episode three, and they needed it by season five, episode four. Right. Also, there's a whole thing pertaining to a cohesiveness of narrative that one step in season five matters in the next episode, and then in the next episode, and then in the next episode. And it all works and intertwines together perfectly. So one setback, hey, that's 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 TV, that's drama, that's mm-hmm. what we watch TV for. We don't want them to succeed at, at every turn. At every turn. So for them having to be set back down to zero, things that had still been set in motion during the first half of season five, and for fuck season five, uh, season one still mattered mm-hmm. all the way until the end of season five. Yep. Whereas with <clears throat> this thing. The the mid-season finale, season 15, episode 8, mm-hmm. hey, let's repeat several times that Adam has been freed. Now let's go find him. Hey, Adam, we need a spell to lock God away. Oh, lucky you. 
I just so happen to have one. Here it is. I'm going to open up the portal for you. That only Jack could do before, but I can do as well. And then the purgatory thing literally didn't amount to anything. That spell didn't matter, even though it was introduced as the climatic aspect of the mid-season finale. And for it not to matter really as of yet, and I don't think it's going to in any way other than to get Sam and or Dean and Cass in purgatory to talk out their problems. Mm-hmm. There was no other reason to do that. No. And that's the biggest difference. And there's no cohesiveness of narrative either. Well, that yeah. changes from episode to episode, not committing. Whereas Kripke didn't do that. Is he guilty of doing that a couple times throughout his five years? Absolutely. Kripke isn't perfect. But overall, he didn't have those bad habits. Everything was very interconnected. Well, I would also say for me, because we talked about this off air. Yeah. For me, the other thing is Kripke's stuff always felt like we were building to something better. Right. In season five, episode two, we introduce war, the ring, and they get the ring from him. They take him out. And we don't quite know what it's going to matter yet, but it's one piece of a puzzle. All of season five is about not losing hope so much but succumbing to destiny and free will versus destiny the entire time the angels are saying you're going to be the michael sword you're going to say yes in detroit it's going to play out this way and the winchesters through the entire season changing channels is entirely built on that is telling fate and the powers that be no we are going to carve our own path we are going to make our own way and they start out with we've got an army of hunters We can do this. And then they lose Ellen and Joe. And then it's like, well, we can use the host of heaven. Heaven will help us. And then Castiel gets basically kicked to the curb and starts losing his powers. And then they put all their eggs in the the cult basket, thinking there's no way this won't work. And slowly but surely, like flowers on a daisy, each one of their options is plucked away from them until Sam eventually says yes. And throughout that season, the horseman rings come into play. We have one from episode two, then we have famines, and then at the very end, we get death and pestilence. The rings were introduced as the ultimate solution, but we didn't know at the time that that's what they were going to be. We thought they were part of something, maybe it'll lead to somewhere else, and ultimately, thematically, they lose hope because every other option is exhausted from them. And in this, it just feels like you said, we make something up for the very next episode, and then it doesn't matter. In episode eight, the mid-season finale, we have all this buildup towards this is going to be the spell. We're going to take Chuck out. He's weak with a gunshot. And the gunshot mattered until the very next episode when it doesn't. And also the spell doesn't work because we don't use it and he crushes the little ball. And so once again, we're resetting the board rather than we're getting a whole new flower each week. We're not plucking away until there's no options left. It's, well, that flower didn't work. So here's a new one. And I think it's that more that callous attitude towards I'll just come up with something new that results in it feeling incohesive. There's no central theme that we're moving towards. There's no general tone that we're moving towards the same tone that has the apocalyptic ghost ending billions have been freed. Right. And John wick kicking ass in the bunker is now man. I got indigestion and hurled grilled cheese and I have cavities. And it, it doesn't feel like it's building to anything. It's just jumping from idea to idea. Well, that goes back to what we've been saying about Dab for a while now. Um, it seems like they write from episode, episode to, to episode. episode, and they don't really plot out the full season. I know Kripke, you know, didn't have all of season five map, all of his five seasons mapped out, but he had a general direction. He knew where he wanted to end. But and four leads his, into five. One and two lead into three. Yeah. Three's events lead to four. Right. He, like, he had a plan. Even yeah. if it wasn't written down, he mentally he knew what he wanted to do with his story. Right. Same thing with, with Carver. You know, people have some complaints about Carver, but Carver was never, could never be said, it could never be said that Carver is a bad writer. <laughs> And, and he's not even a bad showrunner. The guy didn't make all the decisions that some of the fans had wanted him right. to make. But he also had things planned. I know his thing was um, he would know his seasons. He may not know exactly what he wants to do in the following season, but he knew his season. Yeah. You can tell when you go back and watch them, everything 
flows cohesively into the next. Sometimes we have some jarring moments uh, from season to season. But that, as you say, his jarring moments are season end to beginning. But for right. the entire season, we know what we're here for. Yes. And Dab doesn't have those type of habits. He literally feels like he's just writing single episodes. I know that's the case because Dab yeah. has said and people have actually asked Dab on social media about before he even became a showrunner. When it was announced he was taking over, there were people saying, I hope you don't worry about myth arc. Mm-hmm. Just write fun episodes. Just write episode to episode. We don't always need a myth arc. And Dab had agreed at some points. You can't yeah. reinvent the wheel. And I feel like even though he still has a minor myth arc here and there, he is essentially doing exactly what some of those people had wanted. Yeah. He's just going from episode to episode with some little key points that will tie in all together. So hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully I, 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 it does feel like it's going someplace <laughs> after this episode. Are you dying over there? I am. Yes. The coronavirus. Do I need to put you in quarantine. Yes. This whole studio has been contaminated. Compromised. Yes. All right. Well, let's wrap this show. I think we're done. Yeah. I, I think ultimately it, it'll kind of depend on. We've said it a lot, but it'll depend on what this next episode does with this week's current predicament. Yeah. So with that, we want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to us and we will see you. Oh, oh. Um, if you're listening, blah, 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 listening. Lift, blah, blah. if you're listening on the video feed, uh, we'll be right back with the bonus show for the live video Patreon subscribers. So we'll be right back in about 10 minutes for the rest of you. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you. you little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.